welcome to a podcast about something where each week I am joined by a fellow podcaster as we dive deep into one of the subjects that we find interesting. I'm your host, Calvin, and this week I'm joined again for a fourth time by Dan from the Save Point Podcast as uh, we do our fourth and final entry into the old school video game series. I'm shedding a tear, man. I feel like I know you more personally now over these uh, <laughs> these four sessions that we had. I know we're like best friends now. So. Absolutely. Uh, so. You're you're you were the first uh, repeat guest that I had. I've had a couple more since, but um, you were the first, and you've definitely been the the most appeared guest. Oh, awesome! I I, four parts. I feel honored. I really do. <laughs> so um, the the old school video games we've kind of been going generation by generation through different eras of video games. Um, there have been three previous parts, and like I said, this is part four. And as you probably read in the description, this is part four. Uh, so we will be discover uh, we'll be covering uh, like PlayStation 2, Xbox, and GameCube, which is probably the last generation that you could actually call old school. And even then, that's pushing it a little bit. A little bit, but it will allow it. Yeah, I mean, I was in high school when it came out, so I mean, that's that's pretty old school. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Solid, you know, 15, 20 years ago. We're we're mm-hmm. good there, I think. Yep. Yep. Uh, so yeah, this is this is our fourth. Go back and listen to the first three. Um, they're not required listening before you listen to this one because we're covering kind of completely different things. But I do, if you enjoy this one, encourage you to go back and listen to the other three. Uh, we get into a lot of uh, of our favorite games and just what was great about each system and each generation. And then um, for more on video games, check out the Save Point podcast. Um, they're everywhere you can find podcasts. And uh, do you have any other announcements for Save Point before we dive into it? Just that we finished up our first season. It was an absolute uh, great, great experience. Um, Jesus and Steve and I will be back uh, for season two in January. Um, we're looking maybe six, second, third week of January um, that we're going to be getting back. And we can't wait. Uh, we can't wait to do the next year with you guys. And we just thank everybody for, for listening and downloading. And um, just um, it was... It was a pipe dream of 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 me and Steve, um, one of my co-hosts, uh, to try to start this, and we, you know, we were we were happy if we were going to get a hundred listeners, and we've uh, we've surpassed that. So we're just uh, very very All thankful right. for everybody. Yeah, if you like video games, definitely check them out. They go deep onto a lot of things, um, much more recent stuff than you know we've been covering here, mm-hmm. which is good. So if you're up on the latest games, Save Point's a great place to check more info on that out. I still haven't finished Spider-Man PS4, so I haven't listened to your episode on that. I'm waiting to finish it because um, I, I don't want the ending to be spoiled for me. But I kind of probably think I know. I'm like 85 of the way percent through, so I think okay. I know what's going to happen. Okay, it's it's an awesome ending. I will say that it really okay. is. I can't wait to get there. <laughs> um, so we're just going to jump right into um, our favorite games from the system, from each system. As we talked about before, we were both uh, PlayStation guys, uh, so I think we'll save PlayStation Two for last, and okay. uh, we'll start with let's start with Xbox. Um, I don't have a lot of experience on on the original Xbox. I think the only games I ever played there. Um, that were like Xbox exclusives were Halo and Halo 2. I'm sh- I know I p- played other things like Grand Theft Auto or, you know, just other games that were available, Madden, things like that that are available for, mul- for multiple systems. But like Halo and Halo 2 were the only thing that was getting me to show up if you had an Xbox. Mm-hmm. Um, see, now you might be surprised. I never owned an Xbox, but I think I talked about this in a couple of past ones. Uh, my buddy let me borrow his. Mm-hmm. 
um, because my PlayStation 3 died and I didn't have money to fix it. So as I was saving up, he brought over his 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 original Xbox and allowed me to borrow it for God the longest time. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. always that's always good. But Halo and Halo 2, like that was I guess other than probably Goldeneye and uh 007 Nightfire, which we'll talk about when we get to mm-hmm. PlayStation 2. Uh, that was my first real introduction to like the the first person shooter and and like going deep into it. That was the first like first person shooter that I wanted to play through the whole thing. I didn't own an Xbox. Some of my roommates in college did, so I would play through the campaign on theirs. But most of the time, we'd do LAN parties or we'd just play multiplayer together because um, that was the fun of of those games. Is is it is it really bad to say that I have never completed the campaign for Halo Two or Halo? I don't think I did either because, like I said, the Xbox wasn't mine, so I would just like play it yeah. when I needed something else to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to hold it against you. All right, all right. Yeah, no, I mean they were. See, this is also like when the the whole fanboyism shit started. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, like like we stated earlier, I was PlayStation. I was PlayStation all the way. Um, mostly because that's all I'll, my family could afford so when they actually bought and the me, controllers fit in your hand so much better oh god yes oh i didn't even think we were going to bring that up and i'm glad that oh, you yeah. did you want to talk about the xbox the, controller the worst design controller ever and the fact that xbox one brought it back as one that you can buy for the xbox one i know i saw that i'm like who who's the market for this yeah Shaq. it's like shack is the market for yeah. it I, I just I, I hated it. God, I hated it so much. Um, but like I said, it was you know it was it was a free system for me when I was able mm-hmm. to play it. Uh, but um, you know I was given a PlayStation Two because I had a PlayStation One, and I and I just kind of went from there. And I felt that I would be you know it would be blasphemous if I uh, went to an yeah, Xbox. Yeah, you couldn't switch at that point. No. So so I, I really don't have a lot of. Um, I really don't have a lot of uh, experience with the Xbox. The only thing I can really say about it, though, is that the concept... Some people said the concept was ahead of its time. I think the concept was, let's get something out so we can start competing. Yeah, And that's what killed Microsoft on the Xbox. Because they put in these components, and they then they realized that, oh my god, this is going to be... I don't even know what it came out at. Wasn't it like five hundred or four hundred dollars when it first got released, and there was no yeah, games it was, for it? It was pretty pricey. Yeah, and it was like the size of a Hummer. Yeah, and and I think in the beginning the plan was all exclusives as well. Yeah. yeah. So like you you couldn't get Madden in the the first iteration of it. You couldn't play NBA Live things like that where mm-hmm. you know you had an entry point with some customers. They they cut those off because they wanted to do all exclusives in the beginning. Yeah. So um, I don't think it was a bad system, and I and obviously it 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 launched Microsoft into the 360 and what it did wrong to what it could correct. But I just, like I said, I, I think um, are, are we are we going over games right now? Yeah. Okay. Um, sorry. Game system, whatever. Yeah. Whatever um, you want to talk about. I I honestly, like I said, I played the um, I played. Halo and Halo 2, basically multiplayer with, you know, landlined yeah. it. Um, and then I just played a crap out of the Elder Scrolls uh, 3 Morrowind. Because those were basically the only games I played on it. 
Yeah, so did you – it seemed like everyone um, – this was more when I was in high school – had that friend who had the modded Xbox. Yes. Did you know anyone with the modded Xbox? That that was like the cool thing to do. And like I, I've looked up tutorials on how to do it to a PlayStation and it's always like it's way more involved with a PlayStation than it ever was with an Xbox. So I'm just like, all right, I'll, I'll just leave it. I, um, uh, I knew somebody that had it, but I never – like I never hung out with him play it yeah i i kind of had the same thing so this was a family they had three kids um one was a year older than me and the xbox was his but you know it was like the family xbox and then his sister was a migrate and i was good friends with his sister and then they had a brother that was one or two grades below me um but i like kind of knew him but wasn't like great friends with him so like i'd go over his house to see his sister sometimes or they'd just have like family parties and we'd be there so like i knew they had it and that like what they had done to it, but I never really got to experience it because like, I would never just go over and hang out with him. Mm-hmm. No, uh, I mean, but it, it was always, there was always the legend of the kid in your town that had the modded Xbox yeah. and who could get yeah. any game he wanted. That was, that was kind of like speaking of a PlayStation um, or PlayStation two or whatever. So like, you know, the whole thing with Laura Croft and that her, her, her boobs kept getting bigger as the games went right. on. Yeah. Okay. Like, Everybody's the infamous code to to make sure that she was topless in the game or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like that, that doesn't actually exist. It doesn't actually exist. But I mean, everybody's like, "Oh, I got a guy. He knows. He's done it. He has it." Everybody like, had that cousin from a different town that knew how to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You gotta just crawl into this corner just perfectly and jump just the right way, and you'll get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, exactly. to see what a pink spot. Yeah, right. a pink spot. Yeah. Oh, look, it's a nipple. But it's <laughs> but it's a you know. It looks like an eight-bit nipple. Yep. <laughs> great fun. Great fun for ten-year-olds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the other um, lesser system from this generation was the GameCube, which I don't have. This is kind of in the same boat. I don't have a lot of experience. Uh, one of my roommates, one year in college, had one, and the only game that we played a lot was Super Mario Strikers, um, which was a lot of fun um, as far as a uh, Mario soccer game could be. Uh, but like I getting into the depth of GameCube games, I guess I played like NFL Blitz on it a couple times, and um, like the NBA. I it it's like it wasn't NBA Jam, but it was like the NFL Blitz version of the NBA game at the time. Mm-hmm. And like you could play as mascots and things like that. So like it was, it always seemed as more of a gimmick system than anything serious. Wasn't that and called it had like the tiny discs? And, wasn't that called like Big or Street or something where you could do that? No, NBA Street was uh, different. I'll talk about that when we're in PS2 because um, oh. that is one of my games for PS2. No, it was um, it was like NBA Primetime or something like that. It had some oh, okay. dumb uh, uh, like uh, dumb kids stuck on the end. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah. NBA Primetime Extreme Alpha Generation Edition. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. One of, one of those things. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh. it had a Street Fighter name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Street Fighter just keeps adding things. Like, it's Street yeah. Fighter 2 with three adjectives after it. Yeah. It's still the, it's the exact same game, but yeah, we need to add. Pro Alpha <laughs> version 6. Super happy fun time. <laughs> All right, just, just, name it, just name it Street Fighter 5. We're cool. Yeah, yeah we're, we're good. So... <laughs> Um, no, with this uh, GameCube, and, and you're gonna laugh at this. Um, I didn't own a GameCube. 
uh, just because at that time too, I was like, Nintendo, I'm not a kid anymore. Exactly. Oh, man. You know, I, I, but that's what it seemed like. Anybody who had a GameCube, it was like a laughable offense. And this this kid I went to college with that had a GameCube, mm-hmm. he had a GameCube because he had a GameCube and a PlayStation and a gaming PC. Like, it, his GameCube was just like an accessory. It wasn't his main system. Yeah. Um, I had a buddy that had it, and I would go over by his, his house, and he had um, uh, some wrestling game. I don't know which wrestling game it was. It was... It was boring. All I know, it was it was really boring. Wrestling games are either the most fun you can have for like twenty minutes, or they're completely boring. Yeah, exactly. But like if you play a wrestling game for more than twenty minutes, it stops being fun, anyways. I think it just stops being fun. Period. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, not a wrestling fan. Yeah. Uh, I oh, I was. Believe me, I was. Um, but no, I just I just could never get into wrestling. I think it's because like. You got to the point where it's like, oh, okay, this would be cool if you could do this, and you try it, and you're like, that's awesome, but it still looked like crap, you know? Um, Hey, can I somehow put two tables on top of each other? You can, but you knock one of them off, and you kind of go through the other one. Right. Yeah, I, I can see that. Uh, the only one I like, or the one I liked the most was for uh, PS1, was WCW Nitro, because uh-huh. they had the biggest selection of fight of wrestlers. And then um, you could fight as like weird mascots. I always like the games where you could play as mascots or fight as mascots, things mm-hmm. like that, where it's like this, this weird, like, okay, now you can fight as Frankenstein's monster or you can fight as a bumblebee. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's that always was, cool to me. You realize that that was the reason that um, creator wrestler was made in the WWE games was because of how popular being able to do that stuff on WCW right. was. Yeah, and that that's always been like I, I like bringing the fantasy elements into my games, um, mm-hmm. just because they're more fun that way. Like Absolutely. if I'm only going to get 20 minutes of fun out of it at a time, I'm going to make sure it's the most fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, God, what was the other game? Oh, so so the whole <laughs> the whole thing about GameCube <laughs> with me, where I got the most experience, was actually at one of my jobs. Okay. So I used to work for a certain jewelry chain. Uh, that we will not say because um, I don't want to advertise it. And uh, I, I, long story short, I ended up leaving that job because they told me I had to leave. Um, <laughs> it's a good reason to leave. Yeah, they, they forced me that I had to leave for first. <laughs> um, so they had a room. They had like a kid's room. So like their whole thing is that you walk in and we can get you coffee or water. And so the kids don't put their fingers on glass and all of that here, go play in the kid's room. So they had like a ball pit, which never go in a ball pit. No, uh, the we never, they, they never cleaned it. <laughs> the only thing um, worse that I've found in my life with my two children is there's this big sandbox at Disney World that's not sand, it's rock. Like, uh-huh. it's very small P-Rock. Yeah. And it's great for them because they could play in that all day and just scoop the sand and do all that. But the day after we got done playing in that, we all got the stomach flu one after the other. And I'm like, that's got to be it because there's no way they clean clean this huge sandbox with as many kids that are filtering through Disney World. Like, that, it's got to be the most disgusting place in the world. Absolutely. Um, I would agree with you 1,000%. Beware of the sandbox at uh, Animal Kingdom at Disney World. <laughs> um, so they had, um, until they upgraded to a PlayStation 3, they had a GameCube. And they had Super Mario Sunshine. That was the only game they had. <laughs> so when we were bored and nobody was in the store because nobody was coming in, 
we would play Super Mario Sunshine. And we had a secret saved file <laughs> that we made sure no kids played. And me and this guy, Albert, ended up beating Super Mario Sunshine. And it took us, I think it was like nine months. <laughs> and then we tried to sneak in another game um, and tried to play it. But then our boss caught us. <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, our boss was like, you know, you guys shouldn't have done that, but what game did you pick up? <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it better than Super Mario Sunshine? <laughs> yeah. Um, God, I forgot what game we got to. It was some stupid game. I think it was, uh, uh, oh yeah, it was. It was Mar- It was Luigi's Mansion. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's on par with Super Mario Sunshine. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what GameCube seemed where it fit. Like, this goes in the back room at a jewelry store or a doctor's office, something mm-hmm. like that, where like... You play it for five minutes and, and you've worn out your welcome. Let's yeah, basically. So, like, I mean, I, go ahead. We, we would play this soccer game in college and, like, we would get pretty into it, the Super Mario Striker soccer game. Mm-hmm. But, like, we only got into it because, like, we were college kids doing something stupid, not because it was, like, an actual good game to get lost in. And I, and I bet you that there were other things that were going on that you possibly were partaking in that said, hey, this would be a good idea to do this. Surprisingly not. Oh, okay. Well, then Um, I take that back. Yeah, that that year with those roommates, none of them did any of those extracurricular activities. But looking back on it, that would have made it much more fun. (laughs) It was a lot of fun anyways, but there could have been other things involved that would have made it more fun. So, always more fun. So, but no, that that was that was basically my experience with the GameCube. Uh, you know, my one buddy owned it, and then I saw it at a jewelry store that I worked at. After that, I didn't I didn't know anybody else with it. No, um, I think, I guess yeah, a kid up the road in high school had it, but we didn't play. Like we'd go to our house and play PlayStation Two more than we'd go to his house and play GameCube. Um, mm-hmm. We would play it sometimes because he had a pool, so in the summer we would go over to his house. And go in the pool and play a little bit, but it, usually it was NFL Blitz or that NBA game. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. There wasn't anything serious to be played on the GameCube. Didn't well, th- wasn't there a Smash game on the GameCube or something? I think there's like. Yes. Yeah, there, there was. was. Yeah, so. But I that mean, one was even weird too. Yeah, so my, my roommate in college had that the that Smash game, but it was like. They made it too complicated because they added a couple buttons for the GameCube and they they like overcomplicated it and I think Smash has made it way, its way back to being good. Yeah, um, actually, I, I will say that uh, you know, current gen, um, I have picked up the new Smash. I picked it up day one and it's it's wonderful. I have it. I've probably only played about thirty minutes of it right now. Oh, okay. I've unlocked like two extra characters. That was the thing that made me mad. Is like, all right, I bought it and now I have eight people to play with and I like like half of them. Or half of one of them. Yeah. Like, I like Kirby and Pikachu's fine. <laughs> um, God, who did... I just unlocked Marth, which was... I, I got Marth early, and I like having Marth because I like having the sword fighter. I, I don't really like Zelda or Link, but I like having Marth. He was one of the ones I've unlocked. I don't remember who the other one is, because mm-hmm. I played the spirit world or whatever. Yeah, that that's a And I unlocked weird. him through that. Like game mode that they put in there, but that's for another show. Yeah, I don't really, I don't understand the spirit mode, I guess. And I like kept trying to understand it, and I'm like, I guess I just wander around and fight until it lets me unlock someone. Yeah, basically, that's what it feels like. And then, yeah, I don't know. 
but the paths are really weird and yeah, I, I don't know. I yeah, that's strange. Yeah. Um, so let's the, <laughs> yeah, let's get to the main event, PlayStation Two. Uh huh. Well, I think I think just in in I think this is a safe bet to say is that if you didn't have a PlayStation Two, you were kind of like the odd one out. Yeah. And you were Even doing you... what you could to, to, like I said, my friend had the the GameCube, and we'd spend if we were video gaming, we'd be doing it at our house with the PlayStation Two, not at his house with the GameCube. Yeah, it just, I mean, it was just, it was just, and it just fed into everything that people wanted with affordability. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean that that's the easiest way to say it. It was affordable. It was, I don't even know if it was the most powerful one out there. Because I think the Xbox ended up becoming the more powerful one, but it just—it was just a perfect system. Well, and so the other thing about it, because the PlayStation One existed already, like accessories for it were more affordable as well. Like you could get the multi-tap for under twenty dollars and and have four players. You could get extra controllers if you wanted the Dual Shocks. They're like forty dollars, but if you wanted like the Mad Cats controller, you could get those for fifteen bucks. Yep. So like, and it wasn't your main controller, but like your friend who's only coming over for a couple hours, he can use the Mad Cats one. It's not that big a deal. And actually I had a Mad Cats one that I preferred to use. Mm-hmm. Um because I but I, I got one of the more expensive ones. I it was probably thirty dollars instead of fifteen dollars. Um but I after using it for a while that was my preferred one and, and everybody else got the the dual shock. Uh-huh. But yeah, it was they they had more accessories ready to go if you wanted to add stuff. You could add the the uh, land capabilities, which Xbox came with that built in. But I I don't know that that was a big selling point at the time because the restrictions of internet speeds at the time weren't you know they it, it, a lot of people weren't looking to play online. No, they weren't. It was great that you could, but I didn't I didn't even get the internet adapter until my first year in college, which was probably six years after we had the PlayStation Two. Oh really? And that was because we didn't have a high speed internet at my house. We had dial up, so there was like the the adapter wasn't going to do anything for us anyways. But then in college, I had uh, high speed internet, and then like the next year, PS3 came out, and I ended up getting that, so it didn't matter. That you know that was the same kind of situation with me. Um, we never had, um, I never had like broadband or whatever it was uh, mm-hmm. back then. Uh, so I actually never owned the. Um, the the online the internet online uh, capability of the PlayStation Two, um, and then by the time I was able to afford a PlayStation Three or able to afford, it's like I could afford a PlayStation Three, so that's what I went to. So yeah, I had mine for a year, and really the only game I ever played online was um, NBA Live, and I would just run through people in NBA Live online. Oh, okay, I, f- I found some good. Uh, I'll call them cheating. But they weren't like they weren't really cheating. It was in, within the rules of the game. Mm-hmm. But um, they had the uh, like the off-ball switch where you could run with one of your other guys who didn't have the ball. So I would just run him to the to the rim every time and throw an alley oop. And then they had this thing where you could hold your hands up of the guy passing the ball in, and they really couldn't throw it by you. Like seventy percent of the time, you'd knock it down if you were in the right place. So I'd get really good at that. And it just people, I, people get mad at me, but I don't really care. I would win. That was that was kind of like um, in one of the NBA in the 2K NBAs. Um, mm-hmm. I forgot which year it was, but like you could time a steal just by oh the, yeah yeah just by like his dribble, the person's dribble, and like what their dribbling ability was. So if they had like a lower dribble ability, 
like you could get it, you could steal the ball like on its way up, like almost every time. Yeah. Like, if you had like somebody with Rondo, you had like a really really small window. But if you had somebody like um, God, I I don't even know like um, Cham- like Mario Chambers from uh, yeah, was it he Mario was Mario Chalmers? Yeah, Chalmers. I mean, it's like. He- yeah, you you could stand in front of them and like you know kick them in the nuts and and you and you get a steal, um, yep. You know, or just look at them differently and he'd fumble the steal or he'd fumble the, the dribble. So yeah, I um, want to say that was like two K thirteen or fourteen yeah, around there because like I remember because my creative player is always a point guard and I usually bump up speed and steals first. Uh huh. Because you can if you get speed and steals you can make layups or whatever. You don't you don't really need to be a good shooter at that point. And so that was, I would steal the ball from everyone. Anytime they'd throw it into the post, I'd get a steal. And I'm telling you right now, I'm going to put it out to your listeners and put it out to my listeners. If you're listening, um, I want to, I want to know somebody who actually created a player and wasn't a point guard. Uh, my friend would create himself as a shooting guard every time. And I was like, why? Yeah. Why are you going to go like stand over on the elbow? Yeah. And then it's like, and then the game would like, would like rate you on like, this is what you did today. And it's like, you know, it's do nothing crap. because they don't ever pass it to you. Yeah. yeah. Unless the only way to get them to pass it to you is to call for the ball 600 times. Then you lose all your like teammate points. Cause you call for the ball too much. Yep. It was yeah. so, yeah, it was such a bad, I think I tried to create a, like a big man one time and I, I did it for like three games. Maybe. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm done with that. That's not yeah. fun. Yep. It's the same thing with Madden or like uh, NCAA football is is you would create your player and like I tried to do – I'd always try and do a receiver and that's a that's a terrible idea because it's impossible to run the routes right. And I tried to do a, like a free safety one time and that's hard too because like the way they move the camera on your created player, like if you're locked in, it's impossible to control them the way you want to. So mm-hmm. usually it's a quarterback or running back in, in a football game. Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then so, you win a Heisman too. You got to win the Heisman, so you have to have a quarterback or running back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's. I think that's one of the things that kind of turns me off about some sports games. Um, like the only game that I think that you actually can be decent in, where you can kind of really develop your player. But the problem is, is that they've never really created a great creative player, and that's um, uh, any type of NHL game, like the newer yeah. NHLs. Mm-hmm. I haven't pl- I haven't played NHL since. I think 04 is probably the last one I played. Okay. I'm I'm way behind on the NHL series. Yeah, no, I mean they you have like they would put you out and I think they do a decent job of it. Um but I mean it's not to me it's nothing to crazy write home about um mm-hmm. with it. So like once again though it's it's you know it just turns me off of of sports games. I you know I Yeah, just... I I'm I'm completely done. I'm obviously done with NCAA because they don't make that anymore, which mm-hmm. saddens me. I loved NCAA football. Oh yeah, that, um, was, that was good. That I still have NCAA football 14 for my PS3, and I'll play it every once in a while, just like for nostalgia's sake. I will never trade it in until they create a new one. Yep. Once they they make a new one, then I'll be back in. But um, and then like I play Madden, and Matt Madden takes some skill, um, like general skill. But like I, I've given up on NBA 2K just because like I realize that the only way there's you can score on every play if you know the way to score, which is basically drive baseline and go for a layup or a dunk. But like if you want to do anything other than that, you're gonna lose. Yep. So it's like okay, if I want to win the game, I can do one thing over and over again, or I can like play like a real basketball team would play and get beat by 20 every time. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, I, yeah, I've given up on 2K. <laughs> I think a lot of people have also, so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now that we tangented again. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yep. <laughs> um, What do you got for a PS2 game? I, I talked about my NBA Live, my NCAA football uh, love, so I'll, I'll give you a chance to, to bring up a game. Um, well, my first PlayStation 2 game that I loved, uh, and people are going to laugh at this, was Is the Is it Bouncer. Jedi Power Battles? No. No. Was um, uh, a game called The Bouncer. Never heard of it. Really? It was one, I think it was a launch game. And you could pick between these three characters, and you basically it was like a, like a 3D final fight. Hmm. Oh, yeah. It was fun. I mean, it was it was very uh, uh, Japanese. Um, you know, I mean, the characters were all look. I mean, they're all anime characters. So mm. um, they had the crazy hair and all of that. They all they all look like they came out of. Uh, as my one friend said, they were Final Fantasy reject characters. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yep. Um, and basically, you just brawled. You brawled with. You just went down streets and kicked the shit out of people. It was oh, just fun. fun. Yeah, it was just fun. I can see that. So, yeah, it looks like a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, one of mine is uh, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Two. Okay. Which I don't know that I ever played Need for Speed Hot Pursuit One. I don't even know that it exists. I'm sure it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was this was kind of my introduction to the Need for Speed series, and then I kind of followed it all the way through. Because uh, then they went Need for Speed Underground, Underground Two, and mm-hmm. then they went to Most Wanted, brought the cops back. Um, but I, this got me in love with the Need for Speed series. You got to race real cars, um, kind of on these open roads, and uh, the the mechanics of it were always really good, I thought. Um, and I like it better than games like Forza or uh, Gran Turismo at the time, because those were like a little too realistic. Like, I like a little arcade in my racing game. Mm-hmm. Um so you could, and and this one was really great because you could play as the cops too and chase down speeders, which was kind of a cool twist on it. Mm-hmm. And then um, this one in Hot Pursuit, you couldn't customize the car. You got in the the car customizations and like Underground and Most Wanted. So that was always a cool part of those games. Once you moved on to to the the newer games. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Need for Speed has always been one of my favorite uh, racing game series. Nice, nice. Oh god, there's so many <laughs> PlayStation 2 games. Yeah, I I mean I have I have a lot of them now of just the old ones that I played and just looking at them and I I haven't even listed them all, but there um, there are so many. God, if I have to choose another one, um this one might this one might surprise some people is Katamari Damacy. I never played that either. Okay, so Katamari, you are um the the son of the king and the king needs you to build and god i can't even remember the whole story it's just so simple and simplistic but basically what you are you're like the size of like um it would be like the size of a thimble and what you do is you have this little ball and you just start rolling it around like these different areas and it starts you start getting things to stick to it okay okay and it like can you think of it like a snowball effect the more snow you get the bigger it gets right and as the bigger it gets the bigger things it can grab onto so like you get to the point where you start out and you'd be like picking up lint and then like coins and like a paper clip and then it roll up and you could pick up like um, a cheeto or 
uh, like a USB drive or, or, or a deck of cards or something. And then it'd be like, okay, now you can do like a table and a TV. And then from there you can like do like a house and a car and, <laughs> and you just keep rolling it and rolling it. Just, it. It's just a mix of like super monkey ball and the blob. Yeah, basically. Ooh, available on switch. It is. So I don't know if it's a new one or if it's an old or if it's a remake of it. It's called Reroll, so I would assume it's like a remastered version. Yep, and it it was just fun. It was just one of those weird, you know, weird fun games to play. That's exactly what it looks like. And that's what I would call it. Yep, that's pretty cool. And it was like it was that. super simple. That that was the thing. Yeah. the the concept of it was so simplistic. Um. But it got, I mean, it got tough. You, you had to kind of know what you were doing. Yeah, I could see that. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure, like, as you get bigger, you have to find out how to fit through spaces or Correct. run things over. Correct. Yeah. Um, what about, were you in on the uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater Oh, all the time. Games? So the only one I ever liked was uh, number four. Number four? I liked Yeah, which two. was PS2. Number two was a lot of people's entry point to the series. And, like, I played it a couple times at Friends House, but I never really got into it. Uh-huh. And then when four came out, like, I, I got, I you know, beat all the levels and then put in the cheat codes and went back yeah. through and beat them again, like, getting the high scores. And just, like, that was another one where you could you could use a lot of different skaters. You could, um, the, the cheats were endlessly um enjoyable you'd you'd have the simple things like uh perfect balance and things like that but you'd also have the no gravity where you just fly up in the air forever and do as many tricks as you want and i mean um so that was always i I loved a game on ps2 or ps1 that had good cheats because i'd play the game normal and then you go back and play it with the cheats and and uh just have extra fun well then you grand theft auto Auto. is always good about those i was just gonna say grand theft auto 3 um you know, that was the, the ammo and the guns and, you know, and all of that. Um, well, and with a Grand Theft Auto game, it was always like, um, I don't remember if it was, it was like San Andreas, I want to say, or Vice City, one of those two we'd play in college. And it was like, we'd always start playing and we'd start the campaign and we're like, nah, let's put in the cheats and just like see how far we can jump our cars or see how many people we can run over before we get to five stars. Like yep, yep. It, it was never like, you never got a full game of grand theft auto in before you just turned it on. Yeah. You basically said F it. And this is what yeah. we're going to do now. Same thing with Sim City. Uh, back in the day in computer class, you'd, uh-huh. you'd start building your city and then about 20 minutes in, you'd go, okay, let's, let's destroy it now. Yep. Yep. I used to like, I, I, I won't lie. Like when I played Sim City, the, the coolest thing to me, was trying to get like the last level of like the buildings. Oh like, yeah, 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 because you'd get those unlockable buildings. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So like, if if a building went all the way to full like like evolution, like what it looked like on top, and I was like, mm-hmm. I tried to get as many of those as I could. For um, the longest time, I had no idea how to get people in my city. Like nobody ever showed me that you had to build like the water pipes and you had to connect your roads to like the neighboring city before people would show up. <laughs> So I'm just like putting in all these residential areas and everything and like nothing's happening. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? This game's computer, broken. <laughs> computer classes in Northern Florida weren't uh, the great classes and the greatest classes in the world of uh, like actually teaching. We uh, speaking, going back actually to, to Xbox, um, I was at one um, uh, at one of the hospitals I worked at. Um, I was going through trying to find a file. 
Uh, and so I went on to like their uh, like their shared file mm-hmm. list. And I was I, I my my thing is I always make friends with IT people, just because your IT people will get you out of so much. Stuff. Yes, um, we will. Don't um, forget that. And then usually, I'm an IT person, so oh, yeah. I like to hear that. You know, the other thing too is that your IT, like my IT person, um, at a couple of my places was like, okay, I'll just open up the internet for you. Just don't look at anything stupid. Yeah, just don't be an idiot. Yeah. So I mean, that's yeah, yeah. It's very easy to find the people like you know, you can trust with turning things on that you normally wouldn't turn on. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I used to I used to have like administrator privileges and all that. Like I ended up downloading iTunes on mine, uh, because I would put I would play music from my computer and all of that. People are like, Mm -hmm. "How did you do that?" I'm like, "No reason." (laughs) So uh, I don't know. It was just there. Yeah, it was just there. Uh, so I noticed a file and it said Halo, and when I opened it, it had the the .dot exe mm-hmm. uh, extension and obviously the logo for it. So I went up to one of them and I'm like, "So what's this?" They're like, "Yeah, we play Halo, but the only way that we could play together was we had to put it on the server because we don't all we're, they're all the IT it was, the building was so big there was right. multiple IT offices, so." They're like, we put it on the server and however they did it or whatever they did with it. So like they're like, Yeah, we play like on Fridays when nothing's going on. <laughs> so so they nice. ended up they ended up hooking me up and ended up giving me extension to to play Halo with them. <laughs> Way to go, hospital IT people. Yeah, absolutely. It was fun. Great great use of company time there. Absolutely. Um it is not the current hospital I am at. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case any of you administrators are listening. <laughs> um I would say, God, I, I, there's just so many. I mean, I'm just going to throw that. This, these are in no particular order at all. Um, yeah, no, mine don't have any order either. Um, I mean, I'll go in Bully. Bully was just an incredible game. That was always one that I wanted to play and never got around to. I might have to get that. It, it The only thing that kind of confuses is that when, when Rockstar, once again, it's another Rockstar game. Um, mm-hmm. um one of the things that they did was that you're supposed to be a bully. Like you're supposed to do that. And then people got like all up in arms about it. And they're like, you shouldn't do that because of bullying and all of that. So they made you like the hero of the game, but you can definitely tell that like, they never really did anything different with the missions to a point. So like there was some missions that you're doing. You're just like, I don't know why I'm a hero and everybody likes me because I just, because I'm beating up the wimpy kid. Yeah. Like, like one of the things is like, like you want to you want to impress girls, but like it, you like have to impress the fat chicks first. <laughs> so you feel like the, the the cool skinny chicks are gonna like you. You know, it's just like no nobody <laughs> shaming in a rock star yeah, game. No, no, not at all. You um, can go up and find a hooker, do uh-huh. whatever you want with her, uh huh. Pay her, murder her, and take your money back. But we we, we, we don't get, discriminate we, against fat chicks. Yeah, we 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 don't discriminate. Uh, <laughs> um. I mean, so you, you got that game that went in there. Uh, Final Fantasy X was a mm-hmm. great game. Um, I, 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 you know what? And I was the dumbest when it came to that. I'm like, okay, Final Fantasy X. And then they're like, oh, look, we're making 12. And I'm like, is there a reason that there's not an 11? And people are like, there is an 11. And I'm like, no, there's not. And I'm like looking on PlayStation 2. I'm like, where is it? Where is it? And, and you know, believe me, I was, you know, I don't know what was going through. It was like a good, like, I would say like three weeks of trying to find like Final Fantasy eleven. Mm-hmm. Um and then I'm like, oh, it's in development for PC. That's why I don't care about it. You know? 
Yeah, those damn PC gamers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what is it? Metal Gear Solid Two, Sons of yep. Liberty. Good one. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Three, Snake Eater. Uh, God of War Two. Oh, God of War Two was just epic. Was that I, PS2 or PS3? That's PS2. Oh, okay. God of War Three was PS3. Okay, that's right. Uh, I never got no, into the God of War no, series. No, I take that back. Yes, God of War 3 was PS3, because then God of War 4, or the newest God of War, is PS4. It's PS4, yeah. Mm-hmm. I never got into the God of War series. I tried the uh, the Heavenly Sword game for PS3, which was like uh-huh. the, the kind of spin-off of it. It was supposed to be the same game mechanics and the same developers and all that. It was and I, so slow. Yeah, I got about halfway through it, and I was just like, I don't care about this game anymore. Yeah. Yeah. God of War, the original God of War was on PlayStation 2 also. Yeah. And I remember, see, like that was the weirdest thing. Like, I didn't know what God of War was. Um, and I was looking for a game, and I was going through, and I was like, okay, do I want to, you know, and I was, I was at a local game store at the time, and the one guy came up, and he's just like, how much are you like, what are you looking to spend? Because, I mean, he could tell I was, you know, a young kid and probably didn't have a lot of money. I'm mm-hmm. like, I got a GameStop card. I have like 50 bucks. He's like, well, um, and he's like, this new one came out, God of War. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, what's it about? He's like, oh, it's about Roman mythology. And I'm like, okay. He's like, and you're a guy that has like blades attached to him. And you go and you fight different things and lots of stuff happens. And I'm like, okay, I'll try it. And I remember I was walking through the mall. And my brother was looking, I was with my brother, and he wanted to go to a different store. So I open it up, and I start reading the booklet. This is when they still had booklets. Yeah. And, uh, and you could tell you could tell so much about a game from the cover art, too. Even the front and the back cover art, you could actually see what a game would be like. So, like, you weren't spending 50 bucks on it and then getting a complete shit game. Correct. And I remember looking at the artist, you know, the, the, the pictures in there that were drawn and, and all that, and I'm like, this is really weird because this is not what I remember, you know, whatever this was. Like, I think they had, um, God, I don't even know, some mythical creature in there. And I'm like, that's not what I remember them looking like. Okay. And then I popped in God of War and I'm like, this is amazing. So, um, <laughs> worth it. Yeah, worth it. 1000% worth it. Um, so, God, I mean, um, Manhunt. Manhunt, I thought was a lot of fun. Um, you guys would you guys see now this is gonna be another one. I have never played a Kingdom Hearts game unless it's been on a PlayStation 4. I've never played Kingdom Hearts either. My wife really likes it. Um, my, my wife loves it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's a chick thing. Well the thing is I would look at it and be like, okay, it's made by it's made by the people from Final Fantasy, mm-hmm. but then it has Disney, and I'm like, I'm nineteen years old. Yeah, right. I don't want to play a Disney game, you know. Yeah, I don't want people coming to my house and seeing that I have this stupid Disney game. Yeah, basically. And I thought it was like, and it's like, so I had other Disney games or whatever. I had younger brothers, um, and they had like we had like these Disney games, and they were just horrible. It's like here, let's walk through Disneyland, whatever that. Oh yeah, yeah. We played a my friend and I played a Finding Nemo game one time, just like for no reason other than like it existed and we were bored that night. So we rented it from the, the local video store and played it. It was the most asinine thing in the world. It was just like the same thing over and over again. Like you would beat whatever the level was, but like you'd have to do the exact same thing four times in a row to actually mm-hmm. beat the level. It, it was, it was horrible. 
yeah, it was awful. So, um, God, and I don't, I don't even remember like how I even started, but then it was just like, oh yeah, by the way, Kingdom Hearts has this huge following. And then, um, like, uh, you know, I was into anime and I started listening to anime, you know, I was listening to anime music and, and all of that. And, um, like I think everybody does and everybody should. Um, and, uh, like, uh, Simple and Clean came on, um, from one of the Kingdom Hearts games. And I'm like, this is really cool. And my girlfriend, not my wife, was like, you know, this is from Kingdom Hearts. I'm like, no, it's not. She's like, yeah, it is. And I'm like, no. She's like, I'm not going to get into this yes or no thing, but it is. Um, and then from there, it's like, okay, I picked it up and I started playing it. I would have to say that soundtracks on the PlayStation 2 were really good. They were Some of them were amazing. The, the Need for Speed games all had... I, they're not the greatest songs, but they were perfect for those games. Uh-huh. Um, NBA Live and Madden always had great soundtracks with them. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Hawk had a great soundtrack. Like, they, they just... They put a lot more time and thought into matching the music with the games. Mm-hmm. You know, I and now and now it's like studios just want to get the games out as fast as they can. The music doesn't really matter. Like you, you play a NBA 2K or a Madden game, and like I hear the music in the background, and it it has no meaning to me. Like it's not good. It's not. It doesn't even feel like it fits in the game. It's just like I might as well be listening to my iPod in the background. Mm-hmm. Well, did uh, did you hear that they announced the new Mortal Kombat? game i saw it yeah i didn't watch the trailer or anything well they have this one song in the background and there's so many people are just like i'm not buying the game because the song in the background doesn't fit i think i saw that on reddit somewhere like people were mad about that yeah uh which i think is really stupid to get mad about but whatever um but no at least like go rent the game from redbox and and see if the whole game is that stupid but yeah yeah it's a trailer get over Uh, it but no, there. I there. You're right. Um, the Tony Hawks. Well, I was. Um, I listened to anime and punk, so those mm-hmm. were. Um, at the yeah, time. Yeah, so Tony Hawk would have been right up your alley. Oh yeah, like I, I loved, I loved listening to Tony Hawk. That uh, was that was that the Tony Hawk Pro Skater Four soundtrack was just fantastic. It for was punk fans of the early two thousands. Absolutely. Um, so. yeah, some of my other ones, uh, the Spider Man Two game, which was like. The beginning of the modern Spider-Man games. You had it was your first open-world New York City for Spider-Man. The web swinging was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my friends the other day was asking me. He said he was going to borrow from his friend um, Batman: Arkham Knight and Spider-Man PS4, and he was like, I, and I was like, Spider-Man might be a little tough for you because he's like he's not on the level that I am of liking these things. I was like. Web swinging, I've been doing in the way they want to do it for like 15 years. Um, you're going to have a bit of a learning curve trying to get web swinging down. But like it just, to me, it's like second nature when I pick up Spider-Man PS4. But I feel like somebody coming in not having played Spider-Man 2 in 2004 and every other Spider-Man game since then, I don't know how they would pick it up and figure it out easily. I was such on the thought process that there was going to be this huge learning curve with the new place with the new uh, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And I was so pleasantly surprised that, no, you, you fell right into it. Yes. But there is a difference to it. Like, I can't say it's the same swinging mechanic. I it, I think, but it's the natural evolution of the swinging mechanic. I think. Yes. Like it, it, it makes sense. Like the way that mm. you have to swing makes sense. And the, the only thing that ever broke it, 
was the Amazing Spider-Man 2 movie video game for PlayStation 3, which was not a good game at all. Um, they, I think they tried to incorporate the L2 and the R2 buttons. So, like, as you swung, you had to alternate triggers to swing with different hands. And it was, like, the weirdest thing in the world, and it didn't make sense. And there's, like, well, there's more stuff I should be doing with my left hand than trying to time the swing right. If you didn't do it right, you'd, like, fall off and have to start over, start your swing over. And it was the most asinine thing in the world to try and keep up with. Uh, Yep, I agree. Spider-Man 2 had it right. We don't have to change that much. Yeah. No, don't don't change Spider-Man 2. So... I haven't revisited that one. I'm really excited to when I get to it. I want to beat the the two PS1 Spider-Man games first and then do even the the first Spider-Man, the Raimi trilogy Spider-Man movie video game. Mm -hmm. The first one was pretty good, too, but it didn't have the open world swinging. You had more of a linear path. There was a little bit of open world in it, but the swing mechanic wasn't quite there when you were in those open world settings. Yeah, but Spider-Man 2 really nailed it. Was um was the third one? Was Spider-Man 3 the one with uh, where you could be the black suit? Yeah, you could change suits. So that... Spider-Man 3 was fine. It wasn't as good as Spider-Man 2. There were way too many side missions. Mm-hmm. And it introduced everyone's favorite quick time events. <laughs> and and just all... in the worst way. Like, the final boss battle was all quick time events. And it got to the point where I just, like, let him beat me and memorize the button order. So I could finish it rather than actually having any skill to beat him huh um you know i think i just remember really being really excited about that one so i think maybe that kind of clouded my judgment with it i I really liked it when it came out but like thinking back on it i can kind of see how stupid it probably was yeah i could go with that and i mean a lot of games are like that as we said in the last one jedi power battles is one of my favorite ps1 games so I'm, I might not be the best authority on what's good and what's not. Well, everybody has their own opinion, and, and we respect that, even if you are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, old football coach would say, opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one, and they all stink. Yep. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's, this, uh, I, I didn't like quick time events. I still don't. They put them in some games now. Like, the Spider-Man PS4 has some, but they're better they're more of the like the button mashing quick time events than just hit this button, then hit this button, then hit this button. It's like hit this button, now hit it 30 times because you're trying to pick something up and be strong. So you have to have the endurance to push the button that many times or whatever. Like they try and make it a little bit of a challenge within the quick time event at least. Yeah, um, I think um, I think quick time events are good when they're done correctly. Yeah. Um, and I know that people are going to be like, well, duh. Um, <laughs> that's true for anything. That's true for anything. Um, I think the thing, though, is that, um, like, I'll, I'll take, like, Rise. So Rise was a game that, do you remember that the first play, uh, Xbox One, it was a launch title? Yeah, I, I know the game, yeah. Yeah. Um, my buddy got it, and he's like, this is great. And I'm like, yeah, it should be called Rise to the Quick Time event. Yeah, you know, because that's all it was. It was all quick time, and it's like, 
I, you know, this is a brand new system. The last thing I want to do is is play a quick time event game. Well, and and the problem with it is they want to show off their graphic capabilities and basically their their filmmaking capabilities. Yes. They don't they don't want you to play the game and experience the game. They want to show you this cool movie they made within the game. Correct. Which is like, all right, just show me a cutscene then and let me actually play. Like I don't I don't want to push a button through a a cutscene. That's all quick time events are. Or in some games. Like we were talking about, uh, Spider-Man PS4 does it pretty good where it actually feels like you're doing something. But like a lot of them, it's just like, here's a movie we made. Oh, push a button now. Oh, push another button now. It doesn't matter that you push the button or not. Like, we're going to show you a movie anyways. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I'm not a fan of quick time events. I don't know anyone that is. Yeah. Like, usually, like I said, usually sometimes in my, you know, do you really have to go and do this or could you have really kind of said, you know what, we could probably not have to use this and not use for quick time events. Mm -hmm. But you know, you never know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a game (laughs) developer, so I don't know. Um, The last two I had was 007 Nightfire, um, which we touched on a little, but this one again, this, I want to say this might be a hot take, but Nightfire is better than Goldeneye. Hmm. I I say this having zero experience ever playing the campaign in Goldeneye because, like I said, I didn't have an N sixty four, so I never played through the campaign. But I love the campaign in Nightfire. I can definitely see a reason for your argument. And then I I mean the multiplayer was basically on par with Goldeneye's. Um. The, the levels were very in-depth. He could pick a lot of characters, a lot of weapons to choose from. Um, and then the, I, I just, I like that campaign better in Nightfire than Goldeneye, having very little experience with the, the one in Goldeneye. Um, but I got very good at this game to the point where I played it a couple months ago and could go through the sniper, light, sniper rifle level basically on memory alone, which was always my favorite. Like I'd always, I'd put in the cheat code to, to, level select and i'd go straight to that one every time i love that sniper rifle level okay um you know i i'm just gonna go with what you said on that because i i I don't have enough to say i can contradict you on that i want to but i just can't (laughs) well so it was weird after nightfire they made a shift and started doing third person 007 games Mm mm-hmm which I thought was very odd. And I played one of them. I don't remember which one it was that I played. Um, but it was really weird. It was it was a very different feeling. Uh, they did introduce co-op into it, which was nice. But like it was just very... It didn't feel right for a, for a 007 game. Mm-hmm. Love the gadgets okay. in, a, in a 007 game, too. Okay. Game with good gadgets is always good. Absolutely. Um, I would have to say for my last one, you know, I'm, I'm going to do an honorable mention for one of them, if okay. I can. Yeah. Honorable mention is the Simpsons game, just because I love Simpsons games. I don't know that I ever played the PS2 Simpsons game. Yeah, it's it's a lot like the arcade. Yeah, that's good. We talked so, about that in an arcade episode, how great the Simpsons arcade game is, so mm-hmm. I can live with that. Uh, my last one was NBA Street. Um this was this was great because of all the different uh, ball handling moves you could do and dunk styles and 
Um, it was three on three, which I, I like a little better because it's kind of like the fast pace and you could do all this cool stuff. And as a teenager in the early 2000s with and one mixtapes existing and things like that, this was all I wanted in an in a basketball game. And it was great. It was great at doing what it did. Yeah, I, I, I could I could I could see that. Um and then I would go out and practice all of the different dribble moves and I could do I think I could do all of them, which was nice. Hmm. Not in like game speed, but like I could do them in my driveway by myself. It's good enough for me. Yeah. Um so to go back, um or not to go back, but that was my honorable mention, my last one. My my last game that I really loved and it kind of got me into the being able to watch horror movies and and all of that was Resident Evil 4. Oh, I can't do horror video games. Oh, I love it. It, it was such a good can't game. Do um, can't I, do it. I, I get never... scared too easy. Really? Yeah. I'm a big scaredy cat. Um, I'm trying to think. So it was, it was, you know, it was one of those like I really don't know if I want to because. You're right. I'm I'm going to be the kid that like you know, um, now I got to sleep with the light on, uh, that sort of thing. Um, but it just pulled me in. Like I was just like, oh, this is so cool. And I was just like, there's no reason to be, you know, there's no reason to be. Well, zombies aren't scary. Yeah. I will say like zombies have never bothered me, but I am very susceptible to jump scares, which I know like the Resident Evil games are built very heavily on jump scares. Mm-hmm. They are. And that's when, like, when the VR headsets started coming out, like, I I got I got the Samsung VR because I got, uh, like, when I upgraded to the Galaxy S7, I got one for free, basically. So I got it, and I'm, like, exploring, seeing what there is to do and what kind of games there are. And there's, like, okay, go on this fake roller coaster or go exploring in space and, like, you know, just very basic things. But then, like, 90% of the things are horror games, which is basically just a series of jump scares. And I was like, okay, this if this is all that VR is capable of, is me turning around and something popping out at me, then I, this isn't for me. Makes sense. Um, I haven't explored uh, Resident Evil VR um, the way that I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, but for what I have done, it's it's I like it. I think it's I think it's a great. It's it, it makes that it would successful. Yeah, that one, like, a, a Resident Evil VR would be better than, like, all this other crap that's out there that's just, like, made to make you click on it, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think they would put the work into the story behind why you're getting jump scared. Yeah. There is one. These these other ones are literally, like, you're walking in an insane asylum, a deserted insane asylum, and every time you turn, something jumps out at you. Like, and there's 300 of those. So it's like, all right, I, I don't I don't care that much. Yeah. Okay. But no, those th- those would be my games. I just, um, you know, I've always been a Sony fan. Um, mm-hmm. just I don't want I don't want to say just recently because it's been it's been a bit. But, um, the I I think before the PlayStation Four came, I I really do think that, um, the um, what is it? I can't even talk right now. Uh, that the the PlayStation Two was the best all around game, a uh, gaming system. Honestly, um, why would you say that over PlayStation Three? 
I don't know. I don't think I disagree, but I, I don't have any reasons in my head. Um, the PlayStation Three to me felt like an afterthought of developers. Okay. Okay. I could buy that. Um, and I'll take Fallout Three. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there's just something about it that just I just didn't. I mean, I liked it, but I, I thought that it was, um, I thought it was extremely gimmicky. Um, like here we have the most powerful system, and look at us as Sony. We are going to put out Here's some the quick most time events. Yeah, here, yeah, it, and that's what it felt like. A lot of games felt short. Um, mm-hmm. Like there was a game that I was really, really looking forward to called Haze, and that I just remember felt Haze. Short. Yeah, it looked really cool, and it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. It was it was horrible. Um, and then um, to me, you know, it, it ended up being really good. Like they ended up once again. It's it's Sony realizing that what's going to beat, and I and I said this for all time, and I think it's still going to be for all time. Is going to be your exclusives. What games do you exclusively mm. have on a system? Um, that's what's going to be like your your third party developers go right ahead have fun do what you want with them put them on both systems and whatever that's great but when it comes to selling your system it's what makes it different from all the others um and i think that that's the biggest problem that market microsoft doesn't realize right now they're thinking that oh we're going to make the most powerful console and people are just going to play it on it because we're still they're still in this thought process that they're going to run off the success of the 360 and they're not um, mm-hmm. and I think Spencer's well, that's, probably... that's an interesting thing because I, I feel like more quote unquote gamers, if you talk to them, they play PlayStation more than Xbox, but like in the pop culture vernacular, Xbox is like the go-to video gaming system. Like if you're ever watching a movie or a TV show, like the characters are playing Xbox or like whenever they make the not funny old guy joke of, Oh, go play an Xbox or something like Mm -hmm. it's, it's like Xbox is the Kleenex of the video gaming world, Mm -hmm. but it feels like people who actually play and want to play go with PlayStation. Yeah. Um, and I just, like, like I said, I just think, I, I, we talked about the the third console. You know, I have this theory that the third console mm-hmm. you're always going you're going to bomb. Um, and I think that that's what it is. I mean, PlayStation learned from it, and I mean, look at what they've been able to do with the PlayStation Four. They they're just absolutely killing it. Um, well, and I think kind of to go along with with your theory is PlayStation Two to PlayStation Three tried to take this huge technological leap. Uh-huh. It, it brought in Blu-ray and HD graphics and all of that, built-in uh, network cards, um, processors, but- everything like that was was a huge leap forward from the PlayStation 2. So developers had to catch up on that. A lot of the, the launch releases, th- there weren't a lot of launch releases, first of all, no. um, especially when you compare it to PS2. And then um, the ones that there were there, half of them were ports from PS2 games anyways, that the PS2 version was better because it was developed for that system and it was mostly just HD upscaled was what you got for a port. Um, And then, like you said, PlayStation three kind of started catching up to itself because developers could finally develop for the advanced technology. And as it caught up with itself, that's when PlayStation four started to gain legs and start to come out. 
and PlayStation 4 didn't take the huge technological leap that PlayStation 3 did. It 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 stuck with Blu-ray. It didn't go straight to 4K because nobody had 4K at that time, and 4K isn't worth like the upgrade from uh, 1080 HD to 4K is not that big of a jump. No, um, I'm sure I'm sure some resolution fanboys will come after me for it, but it, it's really not that big of a jump, um, especially in video gaming. Yeah. Um, and especially at the time, this is five years ago. Um, it it wasn't that big of a jump. Well, now the other question, I the other part of that too is that, um, if you uh, you know, so you're jumping from 1080 to 4K. Uh, if you're not doing at least 120 hertz on Print it, FPS, yeah, yeah, or you know, or even 60, oh yeah, hertz, you're right, yeah, yeah, hertz, which gives you your 60 frames per second. Mm-hmm. It's not worth it. It's really it doesn't not. Matter. Yep. Well, and that's and that's the thing. And and I think Sony and Xbox both knew that they can extend their generation's life cycle by releasing these these half upgrades. They basically took the cell phone model of okay, we're giving you the iPhone X, but then in six months we're going to give you the iPhone XS, which is a little bit better, but it's not a full step better. So anybody who didn't upgrade for the iPhone X can now upgrade. And get something, and I think Sony and Microsoft both did that with their Xbox One S and whatever the the late the PlayStation Four Pro or whatever. Those have 4K and built in, mm-hmm. but that's only for people who didn't already have a PlayStation Four, basically. Well, and and that's the other like thing. I don't feel I need to upgrade from my PS4 to a PS4 Pro just to get 4K and a little bit faster processor. Yeah, and and that's the thing too is that so I ended up getting I have a, a launch PlayStation Four. Um, and then, um, (laughs) and then I ended up getting a, a PlayStation, uh, four pro. Um, it was, it was a gift from my wife for my first father's day, uh, because we ended up getting a 4k TV. And I will say this, there are, um, there are games that definitely, um, you know, as far as exclusives Mm -hmm. look incredible. Like you can definitely tell. There was a difference of of processing power, um, you know, and 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 what they put into like an upgrade version um, mm-hmm. for the pro, like their their little tweaks, but they're they're only exclusives. Um, like for instance, I'll say uh, the Last of Us. The Last of Us on PlayStation Three, and if you play it on on PlayStation, it looks great. You put it on the PlayStation Pro, and oh my God, I'm I'm blown away by it. Because it just seems graphically better. If if you never had the PS4 Pro and the 4K TV, would it have taken away any of your enjoyment of that game, though? Probably not. Exactly. That That's kind of my point of that leap between PS2 and PS3 is they added all this stuff that didn't actually make playing a game better. It just made it look better if you were looking. Okay, that can make... Yeah, that makes sense. So... Yeah. Okay. Um, last thing I want to talk about is, uh, since this is the end of the old school video games is let's get our crystal ball out and look into kind of where we think the future of gaming is going maybe in the next five to 10 years. Hmm. Hmm. You want me to talk about it first? Cause I have thoughts. Um, yeah. Why don't you talk about you it? It sounded first? like I caught you off guard. No, you, no, I have, <laughs> well, let's put it this way. I have what I feel would be the what will probably happen 
to the extreme of what I would love to see happen. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, the first thing I'm going to say is I think VR is going to is going to go downhill fast, kind of like the 3D in home the in home 3D TVs. I, I don't think it's the way it is right now. It's well, not sustainable. Wait, wait, are, are you talking in home 3D TVs or are you talking VR? I'm saying VR is going to go down in history like in-home 3D TVs have already. Nobody uh, has an in-home 3D TV anymore. That's true. If you did, um, you bought it five years ago and are like, why the fuck did I buy this? Yeah. Um, I will say right now, uh, VR is not going anywhere. You think so? I have a VR. You have the, you have the PSVR, right? Yes, I have the PSVR. Okay. I, I think done right like that, it shouldn't go anywhere. But I think all these little hat like these little oh, yeah, headsets yeah, yeah, yeah. that you plug your phone into and you know, they're they're not done nothing has the, the proper computing power to, to keep up with it. And probably forty percent of your audience gets motion sickness when you're using it. Uh, yeah, including those, me. Those Yeah, those I, I, I would love to see just I think it still has a long way to go. I haven't played the PSVR um, because I am prone to motion sickness and I've played the the cell phone ones and I'm just like, if that's what it's going to be like, I'm I'm not going to do it. Uh Um, I would like to try the PSVR at some point, um, but to me right now, it's not worth the extra $400. Well, let's put it this way. I think I could have bought it um, a year from when I did buy it and be um, and be okay because I didn't play it for probably about seven months because there was nothing right. out for it. There wasn't any games, yeah. Um, though I will say, the last couple of games that have come out are pretty good. Like, um, what is it? So I picked up the last three I picked up have been really, really good, and that's uh, um, Tetris Effect, which I love Tetris. Um, so that was just an, an absolute buy right off the bat, and it was great, and it is great. Um, the next one was Beat Saber. Even though Beat Saber started on PC, mm-hmm. um, Beat Saber is the finally the do you want to be a Jedi Master with a lightsaber? Here it okay. is. And now let's destroy blocks to techno music. I might have to check that out. Oh, it's it's so much fun. Um, you, you work up a sweat, but it's great. Um, in fact... Um, it, uh this uh we're you know we're recording before christmas um so i have family members coming over to our place to stay uh they're from out of town uh it's my brother-in-law and he's a he's a not a big gamer but he's a he's a techie guy uh mm-hmm. and he's like he's like i can't wait to try vr i just can't wait to try it um that would be that would be that would have to be my introduction like i'd have to go to someone's house where i can play it and feel comfortable playing it mm-hmm. Um, and then the one that I think would give you motion sickness, because it was the first time it ever kind of gave me a little bit of motion sickness. But the nice thing is that 2K did an incredible job um, with being able to put different settings in so you don't get motion sickness. And that's the new Borderlands, the Borderlands VR. Mm-hmm. So it's Borderlands 2. It's literally the full game. Like there's no like, oh, we're going to make a full game, but we're going to cut out like like three quarters of the game so you only have a small experience no this is literally on... so with the ps vr do you use a regular playstation controller do you have the goofy motion sticks i, I don't I have, have, I have both do you... it comes with okay. both it depends it depends what game you're playing correct like um in in 
Borderlands, like in Beat Saber, you have to use the motion controls. Right. I mean, obviously. Yeah. Um, you're not going to throw your controller around. Um, <laughs> on purpose. Or on accident. Whatever it is. Because yeah. usually people throw it on purpose. Um, but like with Borderlands, you can use... Um, you can use the, the move controllers and you use that to aim. Or if you use uh, the controller, the DualShock, you actually move your head and that's your aim. Yeah, that would give me motion sickness. I can tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's but it's a lot of fun. Like it, it, it is an absolute crazy a lot of fun. Like the part that got me motion sick was I actually jumped off a cliff and it was like, oh my god, I'm falling. <laughs> so, so we did. Uh, we just went to Disney World last week, and um, they have one of the in the Animal Kingdom. They have a Avatar ride called. Uh, flight of passage mm-hmm. which is basically a, a completely virtual reality you're riding on one of those uh the banshees from avatar which are like the big dragon guys i don't know if you're a big uh, avatar fan no i know what you're talking about yeah so you're you're supposedly riding on one of those but it, it's just it's a complete it's got a curved screen in front of you um you wear 3d glasses and then you're on like basically a motorcycle um that straps you in really tight and that one and it was really smooth ride it was really fun um, it gave me a little bit of motion sickness, uh, just because I think I moved my head around too much and I didn't really have to, like if I just watched straight, I think I would have been fine, but I wanted to see the whole world that they built for me. Um, but that was really cool. And I think if you can do things like that with VR, then it, it can have legs. But if, if the crux of your business model is let's make as many jump scare games as we possibly can, then I, I don't see it going anywhere. Yeah, no, there's, there's, um, you can definitely tell that there's a movement for it. Um, mm-hmm. my, my one that I was scared of is not necessarily jump scares was like flying games. Yeah. You know, that would like, be... like everything's going to be space or everything's going to be a plane. And mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, yeah, that's another where, where it's just motion for the sake of motion. You're not actually accomplishing anything with that. Correct. Yeah. Um, but um, no, I think that there is going to be, a, a I think there is going to be a, a good movement for um for vr to stay but i um do i think it's going to be incorporated into the next generation yes i think it is um but i think the only people that are going to do it are still is playstation i think playstation's still going to stick with it because playstation's figured it out for the most part yes xbox Um, is still trying to get their connect to work right correct in fact they dropped connect but yeah, I <laughs> um but i think this kind of goes into one of my my crazy thoughts is um we are going to have vr to the point that we're not going to need a tv mm-hmm. for games it's going to be like um uh remember iron man the movie iron yep. man where he's moving things with his hand and all of that that's so that's different that's ar that's augmented reality mm-hmm. which is different than vr i know technically but, but that that would be that, cool i would like that but what i'm saying is that it's going to project out mm-hmm. you're going to project out okay or see something on a vr and you're going to see mm-hmm. your hands and you're going to be able to do things with your hands yeah, that that would be the the ultimate goal, I would think, is where yeah. you don't need a controller, you don't need basically you have the headset on and that's all you need. Correct. 
and that, maybe if, if it's like a going. sword game or something maybe you'd want like mm-hmm. something actually hold in your hands mm-hmm. but um but yeah that that would be the goal i, would I mean think. i mean think of something like a minecraft mm-hmm. you actually be in that world of minecraft you know um and i think that that's where a lot of people are going to to look at vr and say okay give me the aspect of where am I and put me into the game. And I think that that's why Borderlands works so well. You're going to have to get one of those ready player one treadmills. um, So you can move around easily. I think, I think honestly that was that, that's my, um, that's why I live in the Oasis. Yeah. That's what I was going to (laughs) say. That, that is, that is my, if you're, you're looking at my two coupe de gras, crazy conspiracy theory, throw it up there, whatever you want to call it. Okay, is that somebody is going to create the oasis? So would you, if you were going into the oasis, a little tangent here, would you rather have the treadmill where you're actually doing the physical movement, or would you want one of like the big haptic chairs where you're thinking the movement and it's doing it for you? I am six foot and I'm two hundred and fifty pounds. The less movement of running, the <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Um, no, I, so, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think that's a good question. I, I'd probably go with the haptic chair, though. I I, th- I think you'd want to mix of both. Uh-huh. I think if you're playing like a sports game, you'd want the treadmill and you'd want to be like really doing it. But if you're playing like a first person shooter, I think you'd be able to re- react to things better if you're sitting, not worrying about if you're moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I could I could see an argument for both ways. Okay. By the way, I hated the Ready Player One movie, but that's a that's a story for a different time. I liked the movie if I didn't read the book first. I agree. So I made a point to read the book first because I was like, this looks awesome. I don't want to feel like I'm missing anything. So let me read the book and, and like just get the full story. And then I'll go into the, because I'll, I'll do that a lot of like, I'll go into a movie and I'll be like, Oh, I felt like there was so much missing uh-huh. and, and want to know the book parts. And I'll usually just go and like look up a listicle of what the, the movie was missing. But uh-huh. in this one, like I knew it, it spoke so much to the things I enjoy that I was like, I want to experience the book first. I don't want the movie to ruin the book for me. Yep. So I made sure I, I read the book, got all the way through it. I love the book. And then I went to the movie and I'm like, this is not the story I read. No, not at all. Like the first, <laughs> the first key, like I was all for like, okay, the back. I was waiting for Joust to show up and yeah. oh man, wait, I was waiting for dungeons was, and dragons and everything. I was waiting for him to sneak around and like, to see like the user interface of the Oasis and, mm-hmm. and all of that. And then, and it's just like, and he can only happened. go to his planet that his school's on and like, yeah. yeah. And then, um, for people who this is, so I'm, I'm calling spoiler right now. So if people haven't seen it, um, the one person that was supposed to, die like i'm waiting for it uh was that the the who died i don't remember the book uh was it shoto that was supposed to die yeah shoto yeah that's what i thought okay they just like they just like tapped him out of the final fight though it was just like all right he's not here he didn't he's not here he's not here it's like this that's it's like you completely miss it was Dido. It was the older one that died because he sacrificed himself in the Ultraman. Yes, yes, that's what yeah. it was. And, and yeah, it was no just, Ultraman. Yeah, no, I mean, no, it was just like my my thing with that is that like you realize what that was. Like they talked about having anonymity. You know, people don't know who you are. You're not supposed to know who other people are. This is what the Oasis was about, type sort of thing. And now you actually have real feelings for a person that they've never met in real life because of what they've done. Like, that was the heartstring part of the book. 
Mm-hmm. Like that, that was the, this is the part that I'm going to make you cry and sap and then really, really want to go after the bad guys and, and all of that. And it's just like, it just never felt that. And that's what I hate. Yeah. I, I agree. Like if I had seen that movie without reading the book, I think I would have liked it. I would have liked the Easter eggs that were included and in all the yes. references and everything like that. I think it would have been super cool, but I was expecting the book I read, which I didn't get. Yep. Um, so my future with stuff is I think that there is going to be a push for VR and I think that in the new generation and I think that it's successful enough that they're going to want to try to upgrade and make it better. Um, Mm. What that looks like, I have no idea, nor am I even going to try to to think of it. Um, Yeah, because we won't be in the Oasis in uh, the next generation. No, not at all. Need at Uh, least two. Yeah. Um, As far as the future of gaming goes, um, I see a more I see a more Netflix uh, or Hulu based uh, uh, industry. So like games as a subscription. Yeah, games as a, as a, we actually talked about this. Um, Doesn't and, Fortnite do that pretty much? Well, I mean, you got to buy the season pass every. Okay, I, I have never looked at Fortnite. Um, um, I don't, don't want to. Don't. <laughs> it's it's um, too mamey. Like I I can't do it. Yeah. Um. So we we talked about this the other uh, god probably 2 months ago. Um I don't see the generation wars continuing. No, um, well they're all they're all starting to talk about cross platform and everything which would be correct. great. I mean, we've only been asking for it for 15 years, but whatever. And so this this is the theory that I have. And and um my co my co star Steve uh, kind of came up with it, and we kind of ended up agreeing upon it when we were done talking about it. Is that there? Every game, everything is going to end up being cross platform. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything that you can. Um. What's going to happen is it's going to be. How? What system do you prefer to play it on? Mm-hmm. And I think I think they'll do little things like exclusive characters on different systems like yes. okay everybody can play fortnite but for playstation you can play as crash bandicoot and for xbox you can play as master chief like things like that correct i think that that's going to happen but it's all going to be cross-platform i yeah. think that i think that every game that has a multiplayer aspect to it is going to be multi-platform now i think that there are going to still hold on to their exclusives um but mm-hmm. it's not going to but i think we're going to get to a degree of we as humans can only process so much before it looks the same. Right. And honestly, I think we're at that point. Yeah, we're we're definitely getting there. Yes. Um I know when that they're can... talking I know that they're talking like eight K or sixteen K or whatever it is. But I, I mean <laughs> I, I just I don't see it. I don't see it as far as the processing chips that we have and the processing like the processors and the graphics cards that we have, I don't see it happening in games as, as well as per se on a camera. It takes so much more to render continuously with a video game than it does to have a still movie or to have a, have a movie that you formatted in this and now mm-hmm. it's saved that way. Well, um, how wide are our screens going to have to be at that point? Exactly. Exactly. You're gonna have a you're gonna have a 50 inch screen that's 50 inches across and like 10 inches height. Yeah. 
because that's how that's how it's going to have to be stretched. Yes. Um, so I just I, so I don't see it I don't see it happening on a graphic size a graphic thing. I don't see it happening as far as a processing thing because you're always going to put a faster processor in. We want it. Well, and you can you can even see it with this generation. Um, games have gone from hyper realistic to more cartoony again. Yes. You, you take something like Fortnite, which is one of the most popular games out there, and there is very little real and and Minecraft. Like there's, mm-hmm. they have great um, graphical capabilities, but. They're still based on polygons rather than the real humans, basically. Yep. Um, so they're they're using their rendering and processing power to do like brighter colors and faster movements rather than hyper realism, which I mean you still get with Assassin's Creed and Red Dead Redemption and things like that. But like even the the Spider-Man game, the the character models don't look hyper realistic or anything. Um, which is fine. Like, I don't mind playing a game that looks cartoony. Like, I'm playing a video game. I'm not watching a movie. Correct. And if it looks good and the game's good, mm-hmm. then, then I'm happy with it. What I do see happening is we are now in another generation where games are going to get bigger and longer. Mm-hmm. And you do more. Everybody says, well, you know, this is sets the standard for how first-person shooters should be. It's like, well, what was really the standard that you have? Like, I hate that phrase. Oh, this is the standard for, for open world. No, what it does, though, is that this whole thing of fetch quest and now go gather this and go gather this, that's played out. What it's causing developers to do is to say... I hate those chase quests in Spider-Man. Yeah, I can't stand them. Catching those fucking pigeons. <laughs> but, um, but what I do see happening is that developers are going to go back and they're going to say... I'm going to push the envelope. I'm going to write about this subject. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to create a story like this. And You're going to get better of, storytelling in them. Correct. And instead of having a 20, 30 hour game, you're now going to have an 80 to 100 hour game. And then you're still going to have all of this other stuff to do. Like, look at some of the best games that are out there right now. Um, you know, like, to me, one of them is, is Persona 5. I don't know if you've played it or not. It's extremely no. cartoony. The graphics are graphics are the style of it is is wonderful. The the music is just pardon my language, but it's, it's just fucking amazing. Pull up and pull up the soundtrack of Persona Five when you have a second because it's it's they play acid jazz and it's just mm-hmm. it's just wonderful. Like I know that people have no idea they're like what the fuck is acid jazz and it's like like just listen to it because it's great. Um, would I ever listen to Acid Jazz like in my car? No, but when I'm playing it and for how this game's style, like the style of the game looks, it's great. The darkness, the dark, like the dark, uh, uh, I don't want to say humor, but the dark storytelling of it is great in it. Uh, and it's long. It's a long game. Uh, and I'm enjoying that. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It's a long game. It looks gorgeous. But it doesn't look any better than what I thought God of War looked like. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look any better than what I thought a AC Origins looked like. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you could definitely tell that there's graphical upgrades, but nothing to the point of, oh my god, I can't believe how graphically good this looks. Right. But the story is, is wonderful, and it's long. It's a long story. And then all the extra stuff that you get to do with it is just an absolute... Um, 
I so I think that that's where my like I said my my big huge crazy thought process is that we're going to end up getting rid of the TV and we're going to be able to put on a headset and do everything from our headset. Yeah, that would be nice. And like you said, with the the subscription, like EA already kind of went down that path with, I'm sorry, I'm going to bring it up, but uh, like the first Star Wars, the first new Star Wars Battlefront, that was basically a game as a subscription. They sold you that $60 game that was bare bones, and then you had to buy all this other DLC. Correct. And I, I think if that's going to be the way games go, that initial purchase can't be sixty dollars anymore. No, it can't be. It's got to be twenty, and then and then each DLC is twenty. That's fine. I can buy three more DLCs and and get mm-hmm. the game I want if that's how you're going to present it to me. Correct. But if you're giving me a, a sixty dollar one quarter of a game, mm-hmm. I, you're going to crash real fast. And we saw it happen when Battlefront Two came out. Everybody started protesting it and didn't want it thinking it was going to be the same thing. And I, I haven't played Battlefront 2, but I, I don't know how that actually turned out, if it was a full game when it came out or not. It wasn't. I heard it wasn't, and I have yet to play it because I yeah. decided to boycott it. Um, well, yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to give me half a game and expect me to buy three packs of DLC to, to complete the game, that, that I'm not yeah. there for that. Yeah, me neither. Um, so you got that. And then what I on a more level head of it is that I do see games going way more digital because there's way more space for it. People want it now. I want to be able to download it. I want to be able to play it at 11 p.m. or, or midnight when it gets released, and I don't want to have to wait to go to the game store. Um, that's why, you know, basically I think GameStop, I don't think GameStop's going to be around in, in five years. Well, you can already see they've started selling collectibles and action figures and things like that just to try and keep yeah. and they partnered with like think geek and and so they have a lot more to offer like I, i'll go into a GameStop and i'll look at all that stuff first and i'll be like are there any good games out let me no. just look at the cover art for some yeah um but it, it's much easier if i'm sitting on my switch already to go to the e-shop and just scroll through that and look at the watch the videos and see what i like there yeah. rather than going into a GameStop. and i'll go jump into another game while the other one downloads i mean it's yep. just so i see i see digital making a huge huge jump and I think uh, it already has to an extent. Like most of the games, the only way um, that I buy physical games is I'll usually buy them. I'll pre-order them off Amazon because Amazon gives me twelve dollars off if I pre-order the physical copy. Oh, there you go. I don't okay. know why they don't give me twelve dollars off for the digital copy, but I don't if, know. if you're if you're going to sell it to me for cheaper, then then I'll buy it that way. There you go. Like it, it's funny. I have so many games. Like I have I have over a hundred games on the on the Xbox. I know I have over two hundred games on my PlayStation. But if you go over and you look over at my shelf, I have probably a total of 20 physical discs. Because yeah. I have, I buy everything digital. Uh, I never thought I would, but I do. Um, you know, I, I have never cared about having the physical media. I started um, when I was in college. This was 10 years ago, 12 years ago. I started digitizing all of my movies and everything. Like I didn't need the DVDs. Like I knew I could get a hard drive and put them all on there and watch them wherever I wanted. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I, I don't know why I would ever. And I think I have I think, a shelf full of DVDs anymore. And I think you you kind of hit it on the head though. There, right there, is the we don't have a problem digitizing our music. We didn't have a problem digitizing no. our movies. So why are we going to have a problem digitizing our games? You know? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just going to happen. It, it's um, way behind, and I, and I don't know. Maybe it's the price tag that they want to put on it. Mm-hmm. Maybe they think somebody's more willing to pay sixty dollars for a physical copy because it feels like they got something. Because a a physical copy of a movie is at most seventeen dollars. Yep. 
unless it's like a an MCU movie that you get on Blu-ray and and then it's twenty five dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, but like yeah, for the most part, people are it's it's easier to buy the digital copy for eight bucks and download it right away and watch it. If, but if you if you're the weird guy who wants to have three hundred movies on your shelf, you you pay your fifteen dollars and get it. Like exactly, I don't know exactly. Um, and then my last thought with it is that this next generation coming up, um, there is going to be the, the buzzword at, at the next couple of conferences or the next couple of years is going to be cross play or is going to be cross play, cross play here, cross play here, cross play here. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. that's where it's going to go. Yeah. I, I agree with all of those things. And then I think we're going to get more and more mobile as well. Um, just the way the switch has integrated the mobility into it, um, tablet, like just your Samsung Galaxy tablets, iPads are getting more robust and able to handle better games. Um, we saw it coming in with the Telltale games for a little bit. You could play those on whatever tablet you had. Now Telltale is gone, so that goes away. But like I had on my Galaxy tablet, I had the Telltale Batman game. I had the Telltale, Telltale Game of Thrones game. Um, and you don't lose anything by playing those games on a tablet versus playing on nope. your PlayStation. Nope. Um, so I, I think they're figuring out how to fit all the components they need to into a smaller system. Um, and like with the switch where you can plug it into your TV or you can take it on the go, if they get that working perfectly, which I think by the next generation they will, there's still little interfacing issues between the switch and playing on your TV and playing handheld, but like nothing major. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they can work all those bugs out. So I think we're going to see a lot more of those kind of handheld systems that also plug into your TV in the next generation. I agree. I agree. I think, uh, and I think the first people that are going to do that, I think there's going to be a portable something that Sony shows off. Like a, a new PSP, basically. Oh uh, yeah, P- like a new PS Vita, but I think it's going to attach to the PlayStation 5 somehow. Yeah. Not just a remote play like they played played around with that before. I really think mm-hmm. there's going to be something. There's going to be some significant jump connection with it. Like they have that it, it's basically the same thing that it's it's a yeah. Sony made switch basically. Correct. Yeah. So. I could see that and I would like to see that. I would love to see that. Because then I wouldn't have to buy a, a switch. <laughs> so but yeah, that's that's a good future for gaming, I think. Um, but that, I think that brings us to the end of our old school video game series. I, hey, I I I had fun. I, I enjoyed all four parts of this, and I and I, and I thank you for having me. Uh, As did I. And uh, if we do more video games in the future, we'll definitely have you back because uh, you guys have a wealth of video game knowledge that I don't possess. So it's it's nice talking to you guys and um, well, thank you. Getting getting more info out there. Well, we gotta we gotta have you for when we when we do do a game that um or or a subject that you you can talk about with us. We definitely gotta have you you on and uh, on the save point side and uh, and we'll come up with something I, with that. I'll be there. I'm I'm pretty far behind on any current games, <laughs> just okay. because uh, kids and life and things like that. Um, but yeah, let me know and I can I, I can usually work something out. Maybe maybe we'll look at when they announce Spider Man Two. Oh, oh God, I, I don't did, even know did, if I'll did, be done with Spider-Man did, 1. Did, did I just drop a spoiler? Did I just drop a spoiler? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I had no um, no thoughts that there wouldn't be a, a, a sequel tease at the end of the <laughs> Spider-Man 1. So, And I really feel like Norman Osborn is going to play a big part into that. For some, for some reason, he just keeps showing up in this game. Seems like he'll be important. All I'm going to say is finish the game because you have no idea. 
Um, <laughs> so, and it's not what you think. Um, okay, can't wait. Yeah, uh, but no, like I said, just just thank you for having me, and and uh, uh, you know, I, I'm a subscriber to you guys now. Um, you know, us talking about some football stuff and and all of that. Um, so I just wish you guys the best of luck. I really do with with your podcast going forward. Thank you. I wish you guys the best of luck too over at the Save Point. Make sure you check them out. Um, the Save, uh, just Google the Save Point podcast, pretty much, right? Yeah, just Google Save Point podcast, or you can go to iTunes or, yeah, or Google or whatever, whatever player we're, you got. We're on everything, so just the Save Point podcast, and you'll find us. Yeah, great stuff over there. Um, thanks a lot again, Dan, and uh, we'll hope to hear more from you in the future. Awesome. Thank you. And now it's time for the two minute ISO. But first, listen to this promo from one of my fellow podcasters. Hello, a pod about something, listeners. I'm Barry Max Day. And I'm Ben Vandeveld. And we'd love you to listen to Worst Foot Forward, our podcast all about failure. Each week, we are joined by a guest to discuss the world's worst something, from serial killer to monarch, sex scene to mythical creature. And along the way, we've discovered things like murderous game show contestants, pirates who plundered hats, February 30th, seagull wine, and the great detective, Herlock Sholmes. Subscribe to Worst Foot Forward on iTunes, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Check out our website, worstfootforwardpodcast.com, and join us for some fun-filled zero worship. This two-minute ISO is going to be mostly about Spider-Man, and uh, just kind of the, the recent Spider-Man things that have been going on. Um, I went to see, this past week, I went to see Into the Spider-Verse, and it was such a good movie. I actually saw it twice, um, two days in a row. I went by myself, and then once I saw that it was actually a kid's movie, I took my four-year-old uh, daughter to see it because she saw the trailer for it and thought uh, Spider-Ham was the funniest thing she had ever seen in her life. So we went back the next day, and uh, she loved it too, not quite the same way I did because she's you know not huge into Spider-Man yet. She'll get there, she'll get there, um, but she's not there yet. Um, the animation of the Spider-Verse, I'm going to try not to do any spoilers, but there might be some, um, but I, I, there shouldn't be. Um, but the animation for uh, Spider-Verse was absolutely beautiful, fantastic. It was so cool how they did it. They made it feel like a comic book um, while you were watching the movie and just some of the the uh, like impact animations, things like that, when, when people would hit each other or something would hit a wall, you'd always see the little lines come out. Um, just and just the general style of the animation behind it was one of the coolest things I've seen in a movie in a long time. Uh, the soundtrack to the movie is great. I actually went as soon as I saw the movie, I went and bought the soundtrack, um, which I don't really do anymore, but for this one I did because it was so good and Black Panther was another one that I did it for. Um, I, I really think um, animation is the way to go for Spider-Man for some reason. I, I love all the, the live-action movies, but animation can capture things about Spider-Man that live-action can't because Spider-Man can do things that aren't physically possible. Um, and, and then you don't have to use CGI to do those things. You can just draw it however you want it. Um, so it's really cool to... Um, to get to see Spider-Man basically at his full potential, um, which you could in in all the older cartoons, and but in live action you kind of have to. There's some physical limitations on what they can do in live action movies, um, so I'm looking forward to 
this being a, a running line of movies and that I get to watch them and I can watch them with my kids um, because it's very much a kids movie. I went into it not thinking, I think I was thinking it would be made more for people like me um, or, or adults rather. Um, and I went in and it's definitely a kids movie, but it's, it's, it's fun to watch no matter what age you are, which is, which is great. Um, the voice actors were all perfect and on point. Um, the, the story was good, uh, but like I said, it's, it's a kids movie, so it didn't really get too deep. Um, but, but it was just a good way to bring all the different spider characters together. Um, it wasn't too complex or anything like that. Um, it just, you know, went from point A to point B. It was almost two hours long, which I was surprised um, that my four-year-old could sit through a two-hour movie without needing to do 15 other things. She made it to about the last 15 minutes before she started asking how much time was left. Um, all the different spiders from the different spider universes were really cool. Spider-Man, um, Spider-Ham, the uh, Japanese robot spider, which I had never seen before in anything. Spider-Gwen was cool. Um... The, the one I really wish that they had, and if you've listened to the podcast before, you probably know this, is the Ben Riley Scarlet Spider. I wish they would have brought him in, but maybe for the next movie that they'll bring him in. Uh, he's one of my favorites and just one of the costumes I like best. Um, but like I said, I really just hope they, they keep making these movies and I can share them with my kids. And it's it's so great. There is a post credit scene, uh, which <laughs> might have been one of the best parts of the movies. It was really funny. When I went the second time uh, with my daughter, I didn't stay for the post credit scene because I knew she wouldn't be able to sit through 10 minutes of credits after she'd sit through two hours of a movie. Um, but it's a, it's a great scene. It doesn't really play on the movie at all, but it, it's it's just really funny. If you've seen it, you, you'll get it. Um, I really like that, they're, uh, that they focus on Miles mostly instead of Peter Parker. Um, they obviously had Peter Parker in it, but the main character was by far Miles Morales, and it's cool that he's getting uh, more and more prominence in the Spider-Universe. Um, the other Spider-Man property I wanted to talk about was uh, Spider-Man PS4 game, which I completed in the time between when we originally recorded this and when I'm recording the two-minute ISO. Uh, which is only a couple days before this post where we recorded the, the main episode about a week ago. Um, so in that week, I finished Spider-Man PS4. I haven't 100%ed it yet. There's a couple more like crimes that I have to, like the Sable crimes. And I, there's definitely going to be spy spoilers for Spider-Man PS4. Um, I don't think I spoiled Spider-Verse at all, but if you haven't finished Spider-Man PS4, probably cut out now. Um I haven't got to 100%. I still got a few uh, Sable crimes and uh, like escaped Rikers or Raft crimes to, to clean up, but that's about it. Um, I, the, the, I really like the story and um, how it came down at the end of, of Peter having to, to confront Octavius. Um, of, uh, he was this mentor to Peter, and he saw him turn now, and Peter's the one that can save him. And Octavius doesn't go for it. And, you know, it... it you can see it kind of breaks Peter a little bit, having to fight him and having to defeat him. I uh, really thought that it would end um, with Green Goblin, uh, like Norman becoming Green Goblin. Uh, that doesn't seem to happen. Uh, looks like I, they did this weird kind of post credit scene um, where they showed Norman uh, finding Harry in this tank underground where they're keeping him, you know, sustained, basically. And it kind of looks like Harry is infected with a symbiote. Um, that's that's what I got from it. If you saw something else in that, let me know. Um, but I, I thought it was 
And I, I think it's an interesting choice if they're going to infect Harry with a symbiote and uh, have him be a foil in that way. Like, it's one thing to have, like, the, the goblin uh, disease or whatever, or become Green Goblin, but with a symbiote, that's that's different. So that, that, I'm interested to see how that goes. I, I, don't, I don't hate it. It's just weird. Um, I'm glad that Miles finally got bit by the spider um, towards the end of the the game because uh i'm sure as the sequel comes up i i think the next sequel is going to deal with kind of peter confronting harry and potentially peter dying and then miles is going to have to take over for peter so it's cool that um miles got bit by the spider and we'll get to play with him a little bit more in the next game and i i think it would be kind of cool if they they kill off peter in in the video game you don't see that very much um of course in spider-verse that's a different story. Never mind. Um, the, my least favorite parts were definitely uh, chasing the pigeons, as I've said many, many times. Like, why does that exist? That's the stupidest thing. Um, I like the Taskmaster challenges, except for the drone ones. I, I'm just not good at, like, following closely and hitting all those little circles. And, like, I, I don't want to dedicate the time to get good at it either. Same with the pigeons. Like, I don't want to chase this damn thing just to catch it and nothing uh but on top of that was the the sneak missions for miles and mj that's one of the reasons that i'm excited that miles got bit because he didn't have to do the damn sneak sneak missions anymore um i'm sure we'll still see some out of mary jane in the next game um it, it was kind of cool to get to play as them and feel what they're feeling but sneak missions are just the the worst thing a game could do um i like like stealth missions where you're still taking people out and finding ways to uh, basically attack enemies without being spotted but like the sneak missions where you're just trying to walk slowly around things and hide um and then like if you get spotted you don't have any powers there's no way to recover there's nothing you can do except start over so it just gets boring and pointless and if you're spotted a couple times you're just like all right i just want this to be over and you start rushing through it which makes it worse and you know it, it, i hate the sneak missions i'm really excited though it looks like there's going to be a sequel that's going to be cool. Um, I'll, once I 100% it, I'll get to the DLC. So hopefully uh, more and more comes out soon. Uh, there's so many good suits to choose from this one. Again, my favorites are the Ben Riley Scarlet Spider, obviously. Uh, the big time with the uh, the green stripes and the uh, or the stealth suit as they call it, and then the white 2099 one. Um, I like the the blue 2099 one too, but I think the white one really captures it better. Um, then my favorite suit power up to use uh, was the spired leg. The, the spider legs, the iron spider spider legs. Um, I wish they would have matched the suit. Like, if you change suits, they match, but they always match that mar that MCU iron spider, basically. Um, it's a really great game. If you haven't played it, you should definitely start. I hope I didn't spoil it too much for you. Um, I can't wait to di start diving into DLC, things like that. Um, and hopefully a sequel comes at some point that I can enjoy more. Um as I, we said on this podcast, I've always loved Spider-Man games. Anytime there's one, I'll be in the front row for it. Um, thank you for listening. Check out um, our Twitter at APA something. You can always send feedback to a podcast about something at gmail.com. We do have a Patreon. It's in a bit of a flux right now um, as we bring in the new co-host. Next week, we're going to have Nick, our new co-host, will be here. So I'm um, looking forward to that. We're going to get in some really great things. Um but as he comes on, we're going to be, you know, sprucing up the Patreon, things like that. So there, there's going to be a lot of new things. Um, so you can visit the Patreon, but what's on there right now may not be what's on there in the future. Um, anyway, you, you can, if you feel like donating, that would be great. Um, I appreciate all the support. 
the music uh, for a podcast about something is provided by those cats. Uh, make sure you tell your friends about a podcast about something and keep listening to us. Stay classy. Right to be a skill, uh, uh.